Hey there, Real Life Radio listener, Chad here. And just before we kick off today's epic podcast, where I will be asking Ethan tons of questions about his amazing trip around Asia, which is a trip which he's still taking. So it's great to catch up with Ethan and find out more about his trip. He's got a lot of very interesting and fun stories to share with us in this episode. And I just wanted to remind all of you guys, because a lot of people have told us, hey, I don't understand the podcast 100%. I don't think I'm, you know, getting much benefit from this. Uh, That's the whole point, guys. You're not supposed to understand the podcast 100%. If you could, you wouldn't need the podcast anymore because your English would be so good. Okay, so remember the podcast is all about immersing yourself in the language, listening to two native speakers. Sometimes we have non-natives, which is also another great way to practice your English. You don't only have to listen to natives, but remember we're trying to break down certain words, certain expressions, certain aspects of pronunciation just to facilitate your understanding. And it is totally cool if you only understand 20%, 40%, 60%, whatever. The most important thing is that you are spending at least, you know, half an hour to an hour once a week really immersing yourself in the English language and really trying to make it a learning experience, not just a a passive listening experience. A lot of people watch TV shows and movies with subtitles Maybe they listen to it in English, but they still have the subtitles to help them and assist them, and they get kind of lazy. So the purpose of the podcast is to really push your limits, really try your your, your best to understand as much as you can. We guide the process as much as possible when we ask questions, what does that mean? And you can also reference the show notes to see a lot of the most important vocabulary. So really try to turn this into a learning experience. We're here to help you guys out. Remember, if you need any assistance or you have any questions, you can contact me. Chad at reallifeglobal.com is my email address. And if you guys are interested in taking your English to the next level with extra assistance, you can also sign up to the Real Life Radio Power Lessons. This is 40 real life radio episodes broken down with transcripts so you can read along and see in detail all the pronunciation vocabulary cultural references and tons of really great stuff so you can go to reallifeglobal.com forward slash r l r okay guys so i hope you really enjoy this episode and if you are enjoying the song in the background This is uh, one of my favorite bands, actually. It's called Fat Freddy's Drop. They are from New Zealand. This song is called Slings and Arrows. If you want to hear the full version, you're going to have to wait to the end of the podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Real Life Radio. Oh yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world, welcome to the Real Life Global Movement, where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. 
Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick-ass English speaker? Well, we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true lifelong fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can again, aw yeah? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, people from all over the world? This is Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, effective, or graceful way to learn English. So download or watch on YouTube this podcast right now whilst you're stuck in traffic, walking the dog, saving a drowning grandma, um, maybe listening to some reggae music, or even playing a didgeridoo. Alright, I actually have a didgeridoo here too, <laughs> I was playing it the other day. <laughs> so I'm joined here today in the virtual studio with Mr. V himself, Ethan. How you doing, brother? Doing doing well, pretty little bit warm. I can't have the AC on because it's uh, too loud for this podcast. Oh, okay. What is the AC? The air conditioning that makes the room nice. cold. Yes. Also, uh, just to clarify some vocabulary, you said this was a graceful way to learn English. What would graceful mean? Graceful means that it's with a lot of uh, grace, which is basically that it's in a very kind of smooth, even... I almost think of it as like kind of like a fancy, like noble way to do something, mm-hmm. like how the queen is very graceful. Royalty yeah. has to be graceful. You could say maybe a... Graceful uh, dancer. A graceful what? Dancer. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not very graceful. I trip all over the place. Mm. To trip, trip all over the place? To trip is to kind of like fall over something to usually like you regain your balance but it's like you hit your foot on something and you kind of start to fall and yes. i just trip over nothing i trip over myself so i'm not mm. very graceful you could say you have two left feet i have two left feet i could <laughs> not Which a very means, graceful uh, way to to dance <laughs> that means that you're very uh you're clumsy right clumsy is another word for that mm-hmm. for not who's very yeah. Clumsy also sounds like they, you know, you don't have very good uh, body control and you, you know, if somebody throws <laughs> you something, you kind of drop it and it's hard to, to, to just be a normal person. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> it's hard for me to be a normal person. <laughs> cool. And also talking about uh, you tripping over when dancing, another use of the word <laughs> trip would be... T- <laughs> Another use of the word trip would be to, you know, take a trip to go traveling, which is something which we both have done. We've both taken quite large trips uh, since uh, just before Christmas. But before we get into that subject, which is going to be a very fun conversation, we've actually been holding off talking about that just so we could save all the good stories for you guys here on the podcast. What's hold off? Hold off. Hold off means to restrain yourself from doing something, to, to not do something because you want to wait to a, a specific time in the future. Yeah. And and we uh, we 
Yes, so we hold, we held off like our conversation about talking about our travels, so we could save it for the podcast. But uh, before we actually get into that story, I thought I would just tell you guys that if if you're watching, uh, if you're listening to the podcast like normal through iTunes or through the website, this is actually also a video podcast. We're actually recording this live. We can't watch it live, but we will publish it on the on our YouTube channel. And uh, that's a really cool opportunity, not just because you get to see us goofing around and looking silly, but you can also hit uh, like closed captions on YouTube. We tried this last week we, with a podcast with Emma, and we're actually very surprised at how accurate the YouTube um, automated uh, subtitles and even translation, it's getting pretty good these days, right? Yeah, that's a that's definitely a great option. I would even say vice versa. If you're watching this, uh, you could go download the podcast, even subscribe to us, and then you can you know maybe first watch it, but then you can take it with you and, and listen to it when it's convenient for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the 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 translation, the um, automated subtitles, it's not perfect. There are certain words that I say that you know maybe they they mistranslate and it look. Uh, <laughs> There was a few little mistakes on the last podcast, which didn't make me look like a very nice person based on the word that I <laughs> use. But I'm going to speak very clearly. Make sure Goo can can put the subtitles really good for this uh, this podcast. Podcast 132. It's quite a no 33. 133. Oh wow! Yeah, it's almost like a lucky number. number. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's make it a lucky podcast. So, Ethan. Where the hell are you in the world, man? What are you doing? So right now I'm in uh, I'm in Chiang Mai, Thailand. I just um, mm-hmm. I've been in Thailand for the last um, kind of I've been on vacation, so I've kind of lost track of my days. Um, okay. Lose track is like to not to to kind of um, be confused about something, to not know where you are. You lose track, lose track of something. So mm-hmm. uh, I got here. In Thailand, about a, a week a week before Friday, so I've been here uh, like a week and a half now. And before that, I was in Japan, and I just have been traveling with uh, with my mom actually. And I've never been to Asia. This is my first time on this side of the world, so it's been a really interesting experience getting to see some very different cultures and meet some people from here, and just uh, see some amazing amazing places. Sure. Where? Uh, so, tell us a little bit about Japan. I mean, I saw some of your photos. I saw mm-hmm. you were having um, you were having a cup of coffee with a with a bunch of kittens. <laughs> What's a kitten? A kitten is a baby cat. So when it's a really small, the cute little size. Well, I think kit, cats are generally pretty cute, but when they're a kitten, they're extra cute. Yeah, they're they're adorable. You might say. <laughs> Adorable. And I, I, I noticed you said uh, we pronounce that word a little bit different. So you said like kitten, and I say kitten. With sure. That, like uh, that glottal T, kitten. Mm-hmm. Kitten. Um, but yeah, that was <laughs> that was one of the the first days that we were there. It's just like uh, I had heard of that before of the cat cafes they call them, and just one of the first days we were there, we we're going to this famous shopping street in uh, downtown Tokyo. And I saw that and I was like, oh, I have to go check that out. And it's like you pay, I think, 
it's it's a little bit expensive. I think it was like three dollars per ten minutes that you spend in there. So we just spent ten minutes, but you just like go in this place and it was like decorated kind of like Alice in Wonderland, like uh, that movie or or the book. And there's just all these kittens running around, and you can have a drink in there and hang out and play with them. They have different toys. They had like phone chargers. Um, so it's if you really wanted to and you had some money to burn, you could just go hang out with kittens all day in Tokyo. Why did the kittens need <laughs> phone charges? <laughs> they have iPhones in in, uh, in Tokyo. Oh, it's like the um, Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty. Yeah, Hello Kitty. <laughs> and I don't know. It's, it's people there were super friendly in in Tokyo, mm-hmm. in Japan. I got to go as, as well to um, a place called Hakone, which is on the base of Mount Fuji, and another place called Kamakura, which is one of the old capitals of Japan. Um, so. Just got to see a lot of uh, very cool temples and shrines and just things that are completely different from anywhere I've been uh, in the world. And just getting to see like that everyday culture of how people live there is quite different than anywhere else I've been. So that was really fun to get to be in that. I would, I would just love to go back and spend more time actually getting to know, maybe hanging out with some uh, Japanese people and really getting to soak myself in that culture. Oh, okay. So a couple of words that you mentioned there you said to... If you, if you you said if you have money to burn, so burn mm-hmm. how you use burn and also to soak yourself in that culture. How would you explain those two those two words? So there's an expression we use quite often with money, which is like if you if you get paid suddenly in cash or you get uh, a lot of money, we say like it's burning a hole in your pocket, which means that you're kind of like anxious to spend all this money that you've received. Uh, so it's kind of like if you have some money burning a hole in your pocket, you could kind of waste it. On uh, spending a bunch of time with kittens, maybe maybe for some people that's not wasting it. Maybe it's a valuable use of that money. Um, mm-hmm. What was the second one? Uh, to soak, uh, you said to soak in the Japanese cultures, to soak it in a little bit. Yeah, so soak in something is. Uh, I actually got to do some soaking as well. We went to a, a Japanese hot spring, so it's like to soak is to be like uh, to leave something in liquid. Did you leave, did you so see it, did you see Drew Badger it. there by any chance? Did you see him there so, soaking away in the bar? No, <laughs> but it is it was interesting an interesting experience because like men and women are separated and it's completely like uh, it's completely nude like the hot springs I've been to it's always you wear a bathing suit and like kind of when we first went in we're like so you like wear a bathing suit like no no you're completely naked in there so that was that was a new experience for me. <laughs> okay, so you went in uh, in your birthday suit, you might say. I went in my birthday suit. What's your birthday you suit? <laughs> a birthday suit <laughs> is uh, a reference we make <laughs> to when somebody is naked. You can say he's wearing his birthday suit, and I guess that's because the day you were actually born, you're naked. So, yeah. yeah. All right, so man. Every, so you were just, everyone uh, was in their, in their, uh, their birthday suits. Everyone, everyone was in their birthday suits at the hot spring yeah. school. Did you, did you manage to record a video with that or something like that? You know, some, no, some pre- content. <laughs> Had no, like, no pocket to put it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Make, make any, make any Japanese friends while you were there. No, I, was, I kind of avoided eye contact with people. You know. <laughs> cool. Oh, that would be hilarious. But it awesome, was man. it was actually like a really cool experience because it's a there's a whole ritual of it so it's like you go and there's first like you have to kind of um, completely like cleanse yourself so it's like you sit on this bench with like a 
there's like a shower head and like soaps and stuff so you completely clean your whole body and then there's a bunch of different pools that uh different temperatures so you go into all the different pools and uh it was actually it was, it was a really cool experience hmm here's a, a question because uh, yeah it was you and me that actually had the uh we recorded the podcast with drew badger as you know he's He's an online English teacher, and he is located in Japan. And he mentioned that when he went to these Japanese hot springs, he was he was given a little bit of uh, some, some troubles because of his tattoo. And I know you have recently inked up, man. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by inked up? Inked up would be a colloquial expression to say to to get a tattoo because ink is the name of the. The substance that's actually used to draw the tattoo. So to ink up would be a way to say to get a tattoo. It's kind of like yeah. to uh, in uh, How I Met Your Mother, they popularize the expression to suit up. I think we've mentioned that in the podcast before. When they, to wear a suit, to put a suit on means to suit mm-hmm. up. So to ink up means to put a tattoo on or to get a tattoo. Yeah. Can't really put one on and take it off. It's kind of a, a lifetime deal. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I think that uh, the laser tattoo removal these days is getting pretty good. Just in case you're having second thoughts. Yeah, not yet, but uh, maybe when I'm like old and start start sagging, you know, might want to <laughs> take it off. <laughs> what do you mean by to start sagging? So you say like something is saggy when it's full of it, kind of like hangs low. It's full of um, it's full of wrinkles, and that's generally what happens to old people as they get kind of saggy as they get older, but. I think that would be... You wouldn't actually say that to an old person. It could sound quite rude or disrespectful if you told an old person they look saggy. But that mm-hmm. is the, uh, the, an adjective that would be colloquialized a lot of times with kind of like old and with like skin that's kind of like drooping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, drooping. <laughs> but did you have any, uh, any problems with the tattoo? Did anybody say anything like, hey man, you can't come in here or maybe cover your tattoo or... No, no yeah. stress. So actually, I did. I had to do my homework before going uh, because, for exactly that reason, I was looking into that, and it said that even today, um, even though like tattoos are getting popularized and they're they're becoming more popular, uh, even in Japan, there still is a big like stigma with with tattoos there uh, that it's kind of like attached to being a part of a gang. And so, if you go to most hot springs, they will not let you in. Even if you have it covered up, if they find out you have a tattoo, even if you've got it covered, they will not let you in um, or they kick you out, you know. So you either, the options you have are either go to a hot spring uh, that allows them, which there's a few, and or to uh, go to a private hot spring. So like we, we actually went to one that we saw accepts tattoos and actually I saw a lot of people there with tattoos probably for that reason uh, because they all kind of like go to the same spot. So that's... that's uh, Good, good question though. It was, it was kind of interesting doing a little bit of research about just how that's, that's tied to Japanese culture. I even heard that uh, people might make like a comment to you, like Japanese people might often make a comment to you, especially older people. That's like, why would you do that to the body that your parents gave you? Mm. Big, big, uh, big cultural difference there, isn't it? Just the way they, how they, the, the, the feel they have towards tattoos. I even, I have a friend here in Perth, uh, and he's married to a Japanese woman. And I was asking her that same question just just last week, and she said that she, just because it's been ingrained into their culture that it's it's a little. She said that she probably wouldn't really trust someone as much if they had a tattoo. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a 
What do you mean by ingrained? Ingrained in their culture. Oh, ingrained means that it has been... Um, they've been conditioned to think like that. Their, their culture has... It's been, it's been put into their culture. And uh, it's kind of like it's part of their like DNA. A, a deep level. It's kind of like the, mm. the roots, right? Like a, a plant is ingrained in the, in the earth. Sure. So sure. it's a similar thing. But it is slowly but, uh, it's becoming more acceptable. But um, it is, I think that's one of the fun things about traveling is that you get to just see different people's worldview. Okay, that's true. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about the uh, Japanese worldview then. I mean, you will probably speak in English for most of the time. How is the general yeah. English level of the Japanese guys and girls? Um, well, it's, it's quite low. Like, I actually, a lot of times it'd be kind of like, you know, people would always try to help you. They're very friendly and helpful. But a lot of people we met did not speak more than a few words of English. Or maybe they were just too shy to speak. I'm not sure. Um, so a lot of times I would actually, like, you know, try to kind of just get through it with body language even. And just kind of like a few words. I learned like a few words in Japanese, like, um, one that was really useful was being able to say excuse me to, like, get uh, a waiter's attention in a, in a restaurant or to, um, to actually, you know, if you, you bump into people a lot in Japan because it's quite crowded. There's a, Tokyo is a, one of the world's biggest cities. And so it's like, you know, when you bump into people, you always say excuse me. So that was, I just learned, like, a few, a few basic words and then would be able to kind of communicate with gestures and stuff and just saying, like, yes, yes, <laughs> all the time. What do you mean? What do you mean by uh, to bump into someone if you're bumping into people? So it means you kind of accidentally hit them, like with your body. So it's, if you're going through a crowded place, it's quite often you might hit your shoulder on someone or, or something like that. There's one day we accidentally went in the subway at rush hour. And it was like pretty funny because it just like arrived and it was like so full of people that there's like a guy who's actually like pressed against the window, like both his hands against the window, <laughs> which you can actually see this if, if you're uh, watching on YouTube. <laughs> and then we like had to like really squeeze into like a space when some people got off, and you're you're really like have everyone in your bubble. Mm-hmm. That's another good uh, phrase of like to squeeze into. It's how we use like squeeze would be like to like to really push and force. So like to squeeze into the bus, just it's very descriptive that you actually had to use force, like get yourself in there really tightly. Yeah, and uh, those I, I think I've seen that on. Um, on like YouTube when that, a, a, a train actually arrives and there's a guy and his job is act, actually to just push the people into the train so the doors will close, right? Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't see that but you do see like the people it's like where they would get on and they'd be like right in the door and like there's no way that door's going to close and then like sure enough they like just when it started closing they kind of like suck into the train and oh, sure wow. enough it would like close right behind them and then they'd kind of like you know go back and like lean into it. But mm-hmm. I, I, it's 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 insane that that that's just like I can't imagine that being part of your life every day when you commute to and from work that you're gonna be like stuffed like a sardine in these trains. <laughs> yeah, sardines. Hey, um, another just something that popped in my mind when you said bump into it was because we can use that phrasal verb also for a uh, just a t- typical situation like oh I bumped into uh, I bumped into Andrew at the store today. Yeah, bumped into your mom. Yeah. Or something like mm-hmm. you just say like you uh, or run into it's the same people might know run into it's just like you see someone by coincidence right yeah yeah cool man but what what do you uh, coming back to Japan what do you think was the biggest highlights of your Japanese trip what, what's something that 
all the real lifers out there should see in Japan? I'd say, uh, well, I don't know. It's it's a it's just a big city. It's it's a really cool to just walk around and stare at things and see how different things are. But I think that one of the most like things, the the biggest thing uh, that was kind of like impressed upon us was the food. The food is incredible. Like we didn't have a bad meal the entire time we were there. It was all just like everything we'd eat. We'd be making yummy noises, you know. It's just uh, incredible, incredible cuisine there, and, and they take—I uh, think they take a lot of pride in their food because it's always presented in a really nice way. So, like, we got to try all sorts of different colors of um, Japanese food. I actually like put a picture on on uh, Instagram because they say like kind of a um, something you have to do when you go to Japan, to, when you go to Tokyo, like kind of a rite of passage. They say is to go have a sushi breakfast at the fish market. So I went and did that one morning. My mom, she couldn't wrap her head around having fish at 9 a.m. in the morning. But I, I had like a big uh, platter of sushi, which was incredible. Wow. What, uh, what do you mean by your mom couldn't wrap her head around eating fish for breakfast? So she couldn't like uh, basically accept that idea. She couldn't come to understand it. So she kind of just mm-hmm. like had a green tea while I had my... They, it came with like one little egg thing. She had that. And I ate all the fish. Mm, yeah. Because wrap, like to wrap is spelled like W-R-A-P, like to wrap a presence, like to wrap your head around something. Exactly what Ethan said. Yeah, you said almost think like, a, the, like it's a, the idea is like actually physical and you're trying to get your head around it. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. And uh, did your mom enjoy it? Like what was your mom's experience of uh, Japanese culture, do you think? Because she's a, uh, you know, you're... You're a young guy. You're really uh, well traveled and very, you know, open to learning new cultures. Was she also the same? Did she have a very good trip? Did she get into the? Did she get naked? Did she, was she wearing her uh, her birthday suit in the in the spa? <laughs> yeah, she did. She was, but she was in the women's part. So it's like we were separated. I was I was on my own, and she actually we uh, met some Americans when we were first going in who had lived in Japan and they were there visiting. And so they actually knew everything, you know, about it and everything. So my mom actually went with them and um, with this this woman and her daughter. And they kind of helped explain to her all the, the rituals. I was kind of just on my own. I had to, like, see what people were doing and just, like, kind of imitate, which I think is mm-hmm. just a very large thing because part of Japanese culture, is, as I understand and have read and everything, is that there's a lot of etiquette for how you do things, which foreigners will generally, foreigners will generally be forgiven for if they do things wrong. But I generally would just see what other people were doing and try to imitate it, which I think is a very good kind of um, good plan of action when you travel is to not do things as you would do them, but try to see how the locals do it and, and do it their way. And there's just tons of things like with how you how you eat and um, and like the bowing. Bowing is a very, very big thing there. So it's like you'll bow your head a little bit like um, when you buy something, when you pay for something or, you know, if you bump into someone and you say you're sorry, you kind of like bow your head a little bit. So. I actually think that's a very nice part of some cultures like Japanese and as well here in Thailand. In Thailand, you actually put your hands together and, and bow um, a lot of times to like, you know, say thank you, to say good morning or anything. You always like kind of bow your, he- your head with your hands together. And if mm, you're on, watching cool. on YouTube, you can, actually, you can actually see me do that. But to bow your head is to like lower your head usually as a way to uh, of respect or a gesture to to uh, say hello or something like that. What would happen? I mean, like you don't do that in the, in the United States, man. If someone bumps into you, you don't like bow to them. 
No, it's uh, it's actually in in the United States. Um, you only bow. The only time I can think of when you bow is like after a stage performance, like in the theater, like uh, Joey Tribbiani in, in Friends. You know, as an actor, uh, after after like any any show, usually at the end they come out, the actors come out and they bow, as kind of to show their thanks. But I can't really think of any other nowadays any other situations in which you would bow in a social setting. Yeah, but yeah, in Japan, it's, it's and here it's really common. Actually, one of my friends before I went because it's like we we know that's such a common thing in Japan, and there's a lot of etiquette to how you do that. They showed me this video of like how to apologize in Japanese, and it was showing all these different like it was. I think it's a joke, but it's like showing like 13 or 18 different ways to apologize, like with different bowing for different types of all these different types of apologies that you might make from like the smallest, like you bumped into someone to like begging someone's forgiveness because you're just a terrible person or whatever but it's it's oh, comedy cool. we could actually maybe i'll try to uh find that and post it in the show notes and in the, yeah. the youtube notes yeah 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 uh in case you are looking for that the show notes will be reallifeglobal.com forward slash ethan travels asia okay one how word, does that sound no, sounds, no, no yeah one no word. dashes no dashes oh, we're gonna have to talk Eight about your your travels as well but <laughs> Well, I think we could just highlight your travels for now because it's a lot. It seems a lot more adventurous. You, know, you went to several different places, and you're actually purpose purposely seeing and, and experiencing new stuff. I just came back to where I was born. Yeah, it's my home. My home. So <laughs> after uh, after Japan, you you made your way down to Southeast Asia, which is where mm-hmm. you are right now. So first of all, how many you're in Chiang Mai now? Did you go to like Bangkok and? Did you go to Indonesia so we, as well? No, I've only been in Thailand, uh, in this part of the world, and, and there's some connected speech there, part of the world, part of the world. Nice. So, Say it again. Uh, part of the world. Part, part of, the, of world. the world. Part of the world. Yeah. So I we started out in southern Thailand. We flew into, uh, we we skipped Bangkok actually because. Uh, I've heard it's just a humongous city. We were just in a humongous city in Tokyo and that it requires quite a bit of time to actually see it all. So we decided to put our focus just on getting to spend some some time at the beautiful beaches in the south of Thailand and then some time up here. Um, And it's actually something really interesting in Thailand. I didn't know this till we actually arrived and uh, met this. We met this French guy on the ferry and he was explaining this because he's been here a few times. In the south of Thailand, it's Muslim, and in the north, it's it's Buddhist. So that actually affects the culture quite a bit. So it's quite different where we were first in the south and where we were are now, uh, where I'm now in the north. So uh, mm, that's okay. really interesting, seeing getting to see both those parts. But we flew into Phuket, which is in the southwest of Thailand, and then we took a ferry to an island called Kolanta. Uh, we were there for a few days, just kind of like enjoying the beach. The first day we were there, actually, we couldn't go outside really or do anything because there was like a hurricane. Like there's just terrible weather Whoa. all over. So we had, um, we actually went out to eat lunch because like it had it had mellowed out a little bit. It was okay. raining. I'm gonna stop uh, you there because you're, you're saying too much, too much new <laughs> vocabulary. You said uh, first of all, you said a ferry. Uh, a ferry. You also said a, hur- a hurricane, and mm-hmm. now you said to uh, mellow out. Yeah, so a ferry is a boat that usually it it specifically takes you 
from one place to another place, and it always does that same trip. So we had to take mm-hmm. a ferry because it's an island. Um, then it's not I the same said, as a. Uh, it's not. It's not. The, it's kind. Of, it's the same pronunciation, I think, but it's a different word from like a magical fairy, like the yeah. tooth fairy, like uh, Tinkerbell and Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah. So the, you'd say the pronunciation is the same, right? Fairy. Fairy. Yeah. It's exactly yeah, the same. It's, just spelled different. Yeah, it's F E R R Y as opposed to F A I R Y. So fairy. What yeah, else? So uh, hurricane. And it's actually uh, crazy on this trip because I've traveled in, in planes, on trains, on boats, cars, uh, mopeds, tuk-tuks, taxis. Gotten to like experience <laughs> oh, every yeah. mode of transportation that exists on this trip, and well, I've been lugging awesome. around uh, a big old a big old backpack and two two big okay. old backpacks. You're 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 saying new words and you still haven't explained <laughs> the other ones. So we yeah, have we'll the go, hurricane. We'll go through them all. Bunch of uh, yeah. travel vocabulary for you. Hurricane is yeah. like a. Ty- it's also called a typhoon. I think in I think in Asia it's usually a typhoon. I'm not sure the exact di- difference, but it's just like it's pretty much just a humongous storm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, really strong winds. Yeah, mellow out is to become calmer. So what I was saying is that it it was raining really hard, and then we kind of saw like our window of opportunity. We saw that it. it um, the rain stopped a little bit, so we went to have lunch. But then, by the time we were done eating, it, it had started up really crazy again, and like the roof was like uh, it's like a straw roof, so the roof was falling off of the the building. And we're just like, holy shit! Like, and we actually ran back to our the place we were staying, which was luckily just a few doors down. But like, have never been so wet in my life without actually like jumping into water. It was very, wow. very insane. Um, we and we were without power and like internet and everything for a day because it got all screwed up on this island. Um, what else did I say? I said after that lug around or sure, but, we might but really quickly, yeah, well. me- mellow. Just you could say mellow out is to just when something will like uh, become more relaxed. But you can also use mellow as just an adjective by itself and say that guy or that girl is really mellow or that's yeah. that's a really mellow song it means it's kind of like calm relaxed mm-hmm. you say mellow, you could yellow. also tell someone mellow out it's like if they're being really emotional or something or really angry mm. you could be like hey mellow out it's not a big deal yeah um exactly so it's the same as lug around relax oh sorry lug around yes. lug around uh or also like in the u.s at least we have another expression that schlep around which comes schlep from Yiddish. around schlep around okay. have you ever heard about that that word no no uh, I mean, okay. I've heard of many Yiddish expressions, like, um, it always starts with a sh, uh, like a schnoz. That, that, uh, yeah, it's got that sh sound a lot. And I think yeah. it's, it's common in, in New York because of the, the Jewish population that came from Eastern Europe that speaks Yiddish. So we have yeah. some of these expressions in English, uh, schlep, schlep around is one that's quite common. So, or lug around is to carry something heavy to different places, um, which is common if you're backpacking, so... I've been having mm-hmm. to schlep around or lug around my stuff on all these different transportations. And especially in southern Thailand, it was just chaotic. Like the boats, they would just throw all your stuff on the boat. And then like everyone would be trying to get off the boat at once, once it land. And, um, and you know, then it's like you'd be digging through these bags trying to get yours and trying to go to another ferry. So, or trying to go to catch like the tuk-tuk. You have all these people trying to get you to pay them to take you to your place. 
So it's mm. it, it was very chaotic arrival. But then after that, we got to we got to mellow out a little bit at the beach, and um, which was it's spectacular here, like unbelievable beaches. Um, after you, that island, get... we were go ahead. Go on. Uh, uh, I was just going to ask if you got hassled a lot by, for example, when you go to some of these countries where it's like really high tourism. There's a lot of mm. uh, situations where you might get hassled by maybe a tut tut driver or people trying to sell you stuff. Hey, it can sometimes be quite annoying for for someone who's just trying to have a, a mellow trip. You might say, yeah, uh, a ton. Like here in, uh, imagine all over Thailand because it's it's similar here in Chiang Mai. That's just like you're just walking down the street and the tuk tuk drivers. Uh, you know, either they'll be sitting or even draw, driving, they'll like stop and they'll, I think because they see you're white and they imagine you're probably a tourist, this would be my guest, um, that they, they stop, they're like, hey, do you need a ride? Or like they'll even, they'll kind of like chase you down the street and they'll be telling you like, oh, like just a hundred baht, which is the currency here that's like $3. Um, they're like, oh, I'll take you to like all these places for just like this amount. And you're like, no, no, I'm just walking. I'm just walking down the street. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you yeah. get hassled a lot. Yeah. Hassle, so hassle would mean like to be uh, like exactly what they're doing. They're kind of they're kind of being annoying and they're trying to really force their whatever their product or whatever their their service yeah. is trying to force. Yeah, it's you always to, to like buy it. I'll give you a great price. I'll give you a very good price. Like all, all the time. Like if you're walking through a market or anything, which we did quite a bit of um, shopping at the street markets here. And it's a it's a ton. They they see you're you're a tourist and they they want to sell you things. Mm-hmm. You also said you were lugging around your big old suitcase. Yeah, I think we talked about using that term before, like my big old suitcase or whatever, whatever the noun is after that. But my big old, why would we say that? It's kind of like augmentative, right? We don't actually have the augmentative in English, but we do things like that to um, add like an emphasis of how big something is. So we say like big old, and the old, I don't mm-hmm. know why it's that, but it, the old is just. Um, it's like a shortened version of old. You could also say like my old man is like mm-hmm. uh, my old man, which is my father. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. My old yeah. man. What, does it maybe come from like you know when you see these old English, uh, really old school like you know the 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 original English where they they you know even like Shakespeare in English. I'm not sure whether they say like ye old you know. <laughs> bar or something like that when it's called like ye old have you seen that yeah. you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah I guess that's like the old right yeah the yeah is, yeah is the yeah, anyway totally English. not relevant now because us <laughs> talking about random stuff yeah, so <laughs> yeah man so uh, and then after the storm you guys just hit the beaches did you see some really nice uh, paradise uh, kind of locations yeah, just like the Emerald Water, we did a uh, one day. We did a four day island tour, so it's like the it was like a boat picked us up, and we went to all these different spots. Tons of tourists everywhere, but it's still just you get to see these places that just um, they they look like most people probably have seen the pictures of the Thai beaches that are like the white sand, the like emerald water, and then like all these little like islands, like the limestone, big rocks jutting out of the sea. So it's uh, it's. Um, was like exactly like one of those postcards or calendar pictures that you see just uh sure. pretty spectacular yeah yeah i can imagine i can imagine and what's the uh what's the general vibe there like i mean is it is it mostly tourists is it do you, do you get a chance to kind of 
mingle with some of the locals and, and really really feel the local culture or would you say that it's kind of overrun a little bit by the whole tourist scene and everything's maybe a little bit of a, a superficial perspective of their culture just because of the, the, the large amount of tourism there yeah um, well I think like in the south the south is definitely the most popular tourist destination in Thailand um, and it's really overrun with tourists so I didn't get a chance there at all to like really mingle with anyone. I think the people there are kind of so so used to tourists that they don't really give you the time of day. They don't. They're, they're uh, a lot of people even are kind of rude just because they're you know they're just overwhelmed with the amount of tourists there. Probably um, sick here in the of north, tourists. They're sick of tourists exactly. So and I said uh, we both said mingle. So what does mingle mean? Mingle means to, it's like to interact, to have like a small conversation. Oh, hey, how you going? What are you doing here? What's your job? Oh, hey. Like you're starting to <laughs> to just interact and create some kind of a s- small relationship with people. Like if you're at a party, maybe you might start mingling with people you don't know. Is just having small talk is another way we could probably say that. Small mm-hmm. talk to mingle. So we did... Yeah. Uh, I- we did like mingle with other tourists here because of, uh, something that's cool in a place like this uh, is that you see tourists from all over the world. So like all over Europe, there's a lot of Brazilians, um, a lot of yeah, a lot of people from the U.S., Canada as well. So we got to mingle more with uh, other tourists. I think because we're in the same boat of of both being tourists there. Um, mm. that, you mean actually physically in the same boat, or actually like the actual? <laughs> metaphorically in the same boat so, uh, sometimes both at the same time <laughs> okay cool because the, so, uh, uh, for those of you listening there's a, there's a wordplay there because we have an expression in English we say oh because we're in the same boat it's an expression saying that we we, uh, we have the same it's the same circumstances we are the same whatever we have the same thing happening to us but in this case, because you're traveling on ferries and from island to island, you're probably physically in an, a real boat. Yeah, in the same the same boat, physically and and metaphorically. Yes. Um, sorry, I cut you off though. Uh, oh, you're talking about mingling with other uh, other tourists there, right? Yeah, I was just saying, like, um, you know, how we have as well, like, we're building this this social network for English learners, so that uh, English learners from all over the world can practice together and exchange cultures and it's really cool here just because in these touristy hot spots uh like tokyo or or you know southern thailand or here in chiang mai which chiang mai also has a large uh, expat community expatriates so people who are from the united states or europe and they're actually living here um so you have this mix of all these different cultures it's, it's a lot like the kind of physical manifestation of what we're trying to build uh you know the the online experience for so it's quite cool just like, you know, all the time getting to hear other languages and talking to other people and being like, where are you from? And hearing about their experience here. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's always one of my favorite parts about traveling is is more so like who you meet, not just the experiences of the place you're going, but also just like the the uh, getting to cross paths with people from so many different backgrounds. Ooh, nice expression to cross paths with people. Yeah. What does that mean? That's just like to encounter. Yeah. Well, I mean like to actually give you guys a visual 
a way of visualizing it. A path can be like a like a, a, a you walk on a path. Like there's a path. That, there's a, the path on the side of the road, the footpath, or like a path that leads to your front door. So when you cross mm-hmm. paths, it's kind of like you're bumping into each other because you're actually seeing them. On, you're you're on one journey, they're on another journey, but your your paths cross each other and you meet and you mingle, and then you move on. Yeah. It's like uh, you meet your mingle and you move on. It sounds like a, uh, I don't know. It sounds like some sort of like dating event or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the three M's, three M's, guys. You just gotta meet, mingle, and then just move on. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's also because like path can be, it can be kind of like a more metaphysical as well, right? Like your your path, like your life path, we might say as well is kind of like your journey in life. Um, your mm. path to fluency we say a lot so it's kind of like that yeah. in that sense of the word, word as well where your your paths your life paths are crossing mm-hmm. yeah like career path as well is another common way to use the path like it's like the yeah. journey career path how yeah. did you say that word I would say path path no cr- career career path yeah okay because you don't really say, say that, that the R at the end it almost sounds like Korea like the country Korea <laughs> yeah, Korea. So I yeah, thought I never thought you were saying that. you were saying Korea path, your path to Korea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool, man. So and now, okay. So now you're experiencing north northern Thailand. So it's the more the the Buddhist vibe. Have you seen a uh, a big difference in the culture there, just based on its its the this kind of foundational the, the religious foundation there? Yeah, Chiang Mai is interesting because I think it's uh, like I was saying, it's like a it's kind of a hub, which is like a hub is like a, a base for expats, a lot of expats here and a lot of tourists. So um, even though the South, I think, was more touristy, here there's more of a mix between like kind of like genuine Thai culture with the Western culture that has been brought here by the expats. Um, so that's like really cool, like all the cafes. There's a lot of like really good food, this kind of a fusion between Western and Eastern food. Um, and I think people here also, in my experience, have been more friendly. Uh, I think just because of, of, you know, they're not dealing as much maybe with, um, with the, the tourists. So I think people here, they, they smile a lot, they, they bow a lot, they're very, very friendly. Um, the tourists there were like, hey, I'm a, I don't want to be a tourist anymore. I'm just going to live here. And then yeah. you're going to treat me like a normal person, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I've met, like, even a lot of people have settled down here. I've met a few gringos. Like, I say gringos because I'm so used to to uh, the Brazilian word. But the, you meet a lot of people from the United States and Europe who they actually... Well, I've met three guys. So three, three guys who met a uh, Thai woman and, and got married and they have kids here now, so pretty interesting they really like just settled down into this culture and now uh I, th- I think it's it's pretty interesting seeing that so that makes this a lot different than the south which is just like purely tourism to being a bit more more genuine mm-hmm. and how far away are you from the beach there i mean can you go to the it's, it's not on the coast is it no it's in the mountains actually so i'm excited i think like um maybe next week i'll be going doing some like trekking or something a little bit getting to see some nature because um i haven't really you know i was in tokyo it's just like so big city and then uh and in the the south i mean it's a beach but it's it's still like just a lot of people so it'll be nice to get kind of like out and away from civilization dude you were having um 
coffee with the kittens. That's that's enough nature. I think that's all you really need. <laughs> you're having coffee, you're drinking a coffee with a wild animal there. You know, you could get yeah. your head ripped off by one of those things. <laughs> those kittens. Maybe I'll go here. They have the uh, you know the tiger sanctuary, so you can go and have a coffee with the tigers. They, they oh, I don't like that one. <laughs> they can really rip your head off. But I don't not, like that because I, they, I think they actually uh, they inject the tiger with like a tranquilizer or something like that, right? He's like just always sleepy and tired, and they kind of uh, make money from from that. Yeah, I'm not sure. They the Thai. Um, I don't want to say this about Thai people in general, but there's a lot. They're well known for kind of exploiting animals for tourism. So mm. there's like there's a lot of tours where you can do like you know ride the elephants, um, which are supposed to be really bad because the elephants are really poorly treat, treated so that they can like kind of tame them to be able to be ridden um and the same with the tigers so you know i've been avoiding any sort of that animal tourism if i do anything like that like you know i if i could go see maybe some elephants out in nature that would be really cool but i don't really want to go to a place where they're actually just there for the sake of tourists being able to see them ride them or anything like that <laughs> yeah but, yeah uh, that that's is, funny because uh, they uh They've had something recently here in Australia where, um, for example, uh, you, you can no longer fish for sharks. And yeah. um, what's happened in the past couple of years is that sharks, have, there are a lot more like shark attacks. Mm-hmm. And, the, and people in Australia are like, well, it's there. <laughs> if you're going to go swim in the ocean, you might get eaten by a shark. Deal with it. <laughs> 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 so, okay, no worries. Kind of like, I guess here, if you're going to go uh, trekking in the jungle, you might get eaten by a tiger. Deal with it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> even, even probably elephants, right? I think elephants in the wild, they can become quite protective of, you know, especially if they have a young a young baby elephant, they might, yeah. might, might charge you. Could be. I think like that's maybe more common with rhinos, but I'm sure an elephant, if you tried to mess with their young at all, they might, um, they might actually be defensive. I'm not going to yeah, mess with sure. any elephants. Too big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, man. And uh, any any other things that have been standing out in uh, in Thai culture? Something that maybe you haven't done yet, but you want to do in the near future? Something that that's on your bucket list for your, your stay there? Well, I think I I definitely need to get more in touch just with like uh, some local Thai people. Maybe like find some people. I might go to. I saw like an event on Meetup for like um, English speakers, so maybe I'll go meet some some Thai people who are learning English or something like that, it'd be nice to get more in touch with some people here and just learn more uh, first-hand experience about their culture since I'm going to be living here for a few months. I've been actually doing, you know, as like a language learner, I've been doing terribly here because I still only know in Thai how to say hello and and uh, and thank you. So that's it. So I need to mm-hmm. definitely be more proactive with, with um, getting a little bit more ingrained here in the Thai culture. Yeah, for sure, man. Awesome. Well, cool, dude. It's gonna be awesome, like hearing how your your adventures progress there, in uh, in Thailand and Chiang Mai. And if you travel around a little bit, because you have some friends that live close by, right? Are you gonna go visit a friend on the weekend or something? Yeah, I'm actually. I'm gonna be moving up to another city called Chiang Rai. It's quite a. It's a similar name, but it's an R instead of an M. Uh, so I'm gonna be going up there on Friday, and my my friend actually, I have a good friend who lives near there, so. Uh, be checking out another part there. I guess it's supposed to be kind of like a lot like Chiang Mai, but smaller, which I think will be nice. Maybe rent myself a motorbike and get to uh, kind of scoot around town. 
Have you ridden a motorbike before, man? A little, little I have. moped, I right? I did in uh, moped, yeah. Um, I did in when I was in southern Thailand, and I have in Spain as well. So, but I still need to. Okay. Uh, I need to work on it. I can. I can get a lot better at handling one of those things. Especially here. <laughs> what do you mean by? <laughs> what do you mean by handling in this case? To like control to control uh, the the bike. Yeah, handle because handles also like the hand like the handle bars right what you hold on to so yeah. to handle would be like to be able to be in full control of the the motorcycle. Yeah, cool man. Well, that was a that was a, that was a nice little uh, you know bit of a summary of your trip so far. Learning a little bit about uh, learning a little bit about there you go. That was connected speech. A little bit about a little bit about. Um, yeah, I was learning about uh, your your experience with the kittens, with you getting <laughs> down into your get down into your birthday soup with some Japanese dudes. <laughs> Those were the, the highlights that stood out for you was the kittens and the the naked hot springs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How funny would it be if you actually saw Drew then? You guys are both thinking, like, Drew, hey man, <laughs> what's up, bro? Thought I recognized you. <laughs> <laughs> cool man uh, anyway a lot of great takeaways from this podcast lots of great vocabulary uh, any any other any other words pop into your mind or anything else you wanted to teach these guys maybe some something that you've heard uh, on your travels maybe some mistakes that commonly Japanese people have made or Thai people or any any other non-native English speaker that you may have met along your journey I think like uh, nothing really stands out at the moment but uh it's definitely like just as i've been traveling i've been kind of trying to take some notes and just think of things for ideas for content for videos and articles uh that i can make because it's it's just great being here being exposed to so many non-native english speakers because it gives me all sorts of ideas of uh, how to help our audience so i definitely will be be uh taking note of some of the mistakes here and and helping uh, create some creating some resources for our listeners awesome awesome dude well so you guys listening or watching out there if you want to uh if you want to see the show notes of this podcast you can go to reallifeglobal.com forward slash ethan travels asia that's e-t-h-a-n-t-r-a-v-e-l-s-a-s-i-a ethan travels asia Cool, man. Well, that was uh, very enlightening and uh, looking forward to hearing more. Yeah, man. We're going to have to do another one where you talk about your uh, reverse culture shock. Sure. Maybe that can be next week's podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. One, two, three. Two, three. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>